Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, three ways to tap into the wisdom of your body. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. Hope you're having an incredible day. Ben Azadi here, the host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. Today, I'm going to share with you a recent lecture I gave in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Biohacking Congress. And I'm gonna get into some really fascinating topics. We're gonna understand here how epigenetics versus genetics, how that works and why you are not your genes. Your genes are not your destiny. We get into the innate intelligence and last week we spoke a little bit about that and we're gonna talk a little bit more about the innate intelligence, the importance of supporting your cell membrane, the bodyguard of your cells. We also get into ketones and how ketones act as a signaling metabolite to communicate with your mitochondria to uncouple. And what that means, you're gonna hear more in this episode, but what that means getting rid of free radicals. You're gonna understand how ketosis, and I'm gonna reference some studies, why keto extends lifespan, how ketones lower free radicals, lowers reactive oxygen species. You're gonna understand the difference between a cell and the mitochondria using glucose versus fat and ketones. We're also going to get into fasting and how fasting is one of the best ways to reset your gut. I'll get into some studies regarding that. We are also going to get into autophagy, and then we're going to finish up today's episode with the third tip, which is the greatest biohack that you can ever implement. And you want to stick around for that final tip. It's the most important part from this lecture. There is nothing that could compare to the healing benefits of tip number three. We also get into, in that tip number three, vitamin G, the world's strongest vitamin, most potent vitamin, and I referenced Dr. Joe Dispenza's study that he, he has seen brain scans. When you take this vitamin G, 1,200 chemical reactions go on in your body instantaneously that put you in a healing, restorative, anti-inflammatory state. I'm going to share about vitamin G and how the conscious mind, subconscious mind works, why living on purpose with your purpose is healthy, how stress impacts your immune system and could lead to heart disease, and so much more. So you're going to love this episode. I believe it's going to change your life. If you want to learn more about the good folks over at the Biohacking Congress, they have upcoming events this year in Boston in June, and then here in Miami, where I live in October. I will be at the October Miami event for sure. Not sure about Boston yet, but it's biohackingcongress.com to check them out. I will also be speaking in Salt Lake City, Utah, April 15th and 16th. 2022. That's just in a couple weeks, so I would love to see you there. I'll put a link for the Keto Salt Lake event down below. And then at the end of April, I'll be speaking at Paleo FX in Austin, Texas. If you live in that area or you're going to be there, 
I'd love to meet you. I'll drop a link down below. And then in July, I'm back in Austin, Texas, speaking at KetoCon. And then in August, I'll be in Orlando speaking at the Keto Orlando event. Uh, and then also in September, I'll be in New York City speaking at the Keto Symposium. And there's a few more coming up. So I'm going to drop links down below. I'd love to see you at all these events or one of these events. So I would love to have a conversation with you, meet you, hug you. And these events are going to be life-changing. So I'll drop links for all those events down below. In the meantime, enjoy today's episode. This is going to be ad-free. I'm going to give you the raw clip, the entire lecture that I believe made a big difference for everybody in that room. And I think it'll make a big difference for you today. So take all the information in, be present, enjoy it. And here's today's episode teaching you how to harness your innate intelligence. Here we go. All right. Beautiful presentation from Jay. I mean, love, love you. Yeah, every speaker has been amazing. We're, we're so blessed to be here. I mean, what an honor to be speaking with you today. Happy Sunday. Happy whatever day it is if you're watching the replay here on a different day. Uh, I'm excited because I'm going to be talking about the innate intelligence, which is the world's greatest healer, physician, doctor, health coach, chiropractor, and it sits within your body right now, within all 50 to 70 trillion cells. And I'm going to share where exactly it is in your body, and then I'm going to tap into three methods for you to harness this innate intelligence. First, I'll be talking about ketosis and fasting, but the way we set it up today, working with Julia and Mick and the whole conference here, is I'm speaking right now, Dr. Pompa, the amazing Dr. Pompa is right after me, and then Dr. Mindy Pels is right after that. And all of our presentations are lining up to kind of build off of each other. So it's a super cool way that we did that, and I think we're all going to be blessed as a result. So let's get right into this because I got a lot to share today. I want to share this stat. Some of you know this stat. I know Tara for sure knows this stat. This was done in 2018, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. They looked at, I think it was over 4,000 people in the study. They looked at triglycerides, high blood pressure, are you on medication, are you off medication, A1C, fasting insulin. They found that only 12% of American adults are metabolically healthy, meaning 88% of us are metabolically unhealthy. And when I say us, not us, but in America. That was in 2018, then COVID hit. What do you think happened after that? We've got a big mission. And everything we're learning here, it's our duty, obligation, responsibility to share it with everybody we know, whether it's creating a TikTok video, sharing some videos that you're recording here, but get the message out there because people are hurting, they're suffering, and we are essentially killing ourselves without knowing it. We know the stats on diabetes. This is near and dear to my heart because if you know my story, I lost my dad from the complications of diabetes in 2014. 60% of diabetics uh, Americans are pre-diabetic or diabetic. I would estimate that's probably 85% because people are just not testing. 68% of them end up with heart disease. 16% have a stroke. 70% have neuropathy. But look at that underlying sentence right there. The above stats apply to those who are on medication. People think just because you're on medication and your blood sugars are getting better that the di diabetes is getting better, but it's actually getting worse. As a matter of fact, it's pretty rare to die from diabetes. It's not the diabetes that are killing all these people. It's the heart disease, the amputations, the kidney failures, the degeneration of that disease is what really kills the person. 
We know that one in three women are diagnosed with cancer within our lifetime. That's according to the CDC. If we trust that, that's one in two men, 60%. Uh, I already mentioned that one. Ten years from now, it's predicted that one in two children in America will be born on the autism spectrum. There's two types of people in this world. This is kind of, this says it's, there's no background there, but that says 97%, which is on the left here, looking for shortcuts, chasing symptoms. On the right there, you can't see it, but it says three percenters. How many of you are three percenters here? Raise your hand. I know you are because you're here on a Sunday. Three percenters understand cause and effect, understand the amazing human body that's capable of healing itself. Three percenters, you all, you get somebody who's a three percenter, I should say, gets diagnosed with a terminal illness. Their doctor says, your disease is terminal. And they look at their doctor and they say, no, your ability to help me is terminal. And they go on to heal themselves. So we know that we're working against a lot of the population who don't think like we think. So it's our mission to educate them, to, sh to be lo loving towards them, to not judge them as much as we can and show this information. Because we're talking about information that works. But this is the reality of it. I love this quote because Alvin Toffler said, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot actually read and write but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and then relearn. So if any of you have gone to traditional nutrition school or medical school, or a lot of the stuff we've been told, a lot of the stuff that the government has told us about nutrition, mainstream media, we need to unlearn that and then relearn that. Einstein said, intellectuals solve problems, geniuses prevent them. That is the goal, prevention. The goal is to be proactive and not reactive. So I'm going to teach you, uh, in the short time I have here, how to unlock the biohacking code. The cool thing about having the combination to a code, it doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're from a different country, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, your symptoms are. If you got the combination, you unlock the code. So I'm going to talk about the principles here on healing the body and tapping into innate intelligence, which essentially is the combination to the health code, the biohacking code. What is the innate intelligence? I already mentioned that it's the world's greatest healer and physician, and we want to harness it because right now we're blocking it from doing its job. It was once thought that the intelligence of the cells and the innate intelligence was in your DNA nucleus. If cancer runs in your family, it's just the luck of the draw, the bad luck of the draw. Diabetes runs in your family like it does in mine, just a matter of time before you get it. You are essentially doomed by your genetics. But then we had a guy named Dr. Bruce Lipton who came on the scene, who wrote a great book, Biology of a Belief, and they wanted to determine, is the intelligence actually in the DNA nucleus of the cell, or is it possibly somewhere else? So what he did, and many other scientists since, actually removed the DNA nucleus from a cell, and the cell lived for two months minimum functioning before it went rogue. But then... They said, let's remove the cell membrane and see what happens. Instant death. What does that go to show you? That the intelligence of your cells actually lie right in the cell membrane. And of course, there's the cell membrane of the cells and also the mitochondria that Joel and other speakers have spoken about. It's the membrane we really want to support. The membrane is the bodyguard of your cells. It'll tell your DNA to start turning on genes or dimming down the lights on these genes. Your, it'll tell your DNA to downregulate autoimmune genes and overcome severe conditions. The cell membrane is made up of protein, 
saturated fat, and cholesterol. Saturated fat and cholesterol. I thought that was bad for you. Well, we got it wrong. <laughs> we didn't, but mainstream does. Not carbohydrates, by the way, but actually fat and protein. So I'm going to talk about three methods to support the membrane and harness the innate intelligence. At the end of my lecture, I'm going to share something with you astonishing. 85% this, this study that I'm going to share with you later, I'm just planting a seed. This study shows the number one cause for heart attacks, at least the first time people have heart attacks, 85% of the time happens during a certain time, which I'm going to share with you. So let's get right into this. The cell membrane has these receptor sites. I requested a flip chart. We couldn't get it here. I was going to draw the cell. But the receptor sites are called integral membrane proteins. Think of these as cell phone antenna signals that are integrated into your cells. They go right into there. They're connecting with your hormones, your thoughts, nutrients, oxygen, and they're kind of like communication systems. You have this amazing orchestra in your body. It's happening right now every single second. But if there's cellular membrane inflammation, that communication is blocked. It's like if my mic got shut off and I'm trying to communicate with you. You can't hear me. I'm going to be frustrated. You're going to be frustrated. That's what cellular membrane inflammation is doing. So when we think about epigenetics, Dr. Bruce Lipton believes that 99% of disease is under our control, meaning it's triggered by lifestyle. And only less than 1% is strictly just genetics. And here's how it works. We have an environmental stimulus that binds to the cell membrane, those receptor sites. That sends a chemical reaction inside the cell and reaches the nucleus. Then a gene becomes expressed as a protein. Now, that could be a good thing. It could be an anti-inflammatory protein, a great response, or it could be a bad thing. We live in the most toxic world than ever before. We have silver amalgam fillings. We have glyphosate, like Joel was talking about. We have EMFs, like Jay was talking about. We live in a very toxic world, so we're getting a very negative environmental stimuli that's, turning, that's expressing a bad gene and a toxic protein. So I'm going to get into ketosis right now, and I'm going to share a little bit about how ketones work with the mitochondria and work with the cells, and then I'm going to get into some fasting as well. So let's talk about this. Out of the 70 trillion cells in your body, only essentially two fuel sources. Either your cells are burning glucose or they're using ketones. Now, it's very simple. If Just to kind of give you a basic understanding of how ketosis works, if you want to teach this to somebody, when you are lowering your carbohydrate intake, you're lowering glucose and insulin. We know that 88% of Americans really need to do that. As you lower your carbohydrate intake and lower glucose and insulin, all of a sudden, your body's going to start mobilizing your body fat. We, we have body fat for a reason. It's stored energy. And when you lower carbs and lower insulin, you get to tap into that body fat. That body fat is shuttled to your liver. The liver is your soccer mom organ because she does everything for you, like a soccer mom. And the liver produces ketones. There's three types of ketones. Acetoacetate, which is expelled in the urine. You have beta-hydroxybutyrate, which is tested in the bloodstream. <laughs> and then you have acetone, which is, which is excreted in the breath. So there's three different ways to test. I'm not going to get into that. But that's essentially how it works. And the liver, beta-hydroxybutyrate is kind of like the gold standard of ketones. It has the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier. Fatty acids take a lot longer to get into the brain. So the, for survival reasons, our ancestors needed to have an additional fuel source, which is, hey, ketones get into the blood-brain barrier when we didn't have food readily available. There's nothing new about keto, which I'm going to explain to you. Keto technically is not even a diet. 
Let's get that really straight from the beginning. It's a metabolic process. It's a completely natural process, and we have a keto deficiency in this day and age, especially in America. So there's nothing new about keto. It's just nuanced. We want to tap into this amazing, amazing process, and I'm going to show you the great Dr. Pompa, my mentor, who's uh, right back there. He's going to speak next. If you want to get well, you got to fix the cell, okay? So how do ketones fix the cell? Joel spoke about the mitochondria. This is one which is called the mitochondrion. Here's how ketones actually work to act as signaling molecules to work with the mitochondria. As you all understand, it's the engine of your cells, like you have an engine for your car. If you didn't have mitochondria, you don't have life. That's the bottom line. You, if you don't have an engine in your car, you're not going anywhere. You're stuck. This is, I'm going to ask you this question. Catherine Arnson actually gave away this answer yesterday, but let's see if you remember. Which, uh, which cells in your body have the highest concentration of mitochondria? That's up there, but what is the number one? Who said brain? Yeah, Evan Trans, who said brain. <laughs> you win a book, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the brain. It has, I think she mentioned, two million in a single cell. But, the, but here's the point. The eyeballs are up there as well. So is the heart. So is the, the ovaries. Actually, 100,000 mitochondria in a single ovary cell. But I say this because if you think about the way we were created, and I'm a strong believer in God, but you could replace that word with love, mother nature, whatever you feel comfortable with. The way we were created, number one priority for the human body, the innate intelligence, is survival. So if you think about the cells that have the highest concentration of mitochondria, which is needed for life and energy production, are the cells needed for survival, the brain. I gotta be able to focus, strategize, kill my prey or run away. Eyes, I need to be able to see my prey to run away or to catch it. The ovaries, reproduction, we need to be able to exist as a human species. The heart needs to be able to pump. So the human body is incredible, and the innate intelligence is just such a miraculous thing that we want to harness, and I'm going to share a little bit more. Mitochondrial dysfunction is related to so many diseases out there. I'm not going to get into too much. Here's a list, but you could pretty much discuss any disease, and it's linked to mitochondrial dysfunction. We understand this is a basic understanding that the mitochondria could use glucose, fatty acids, amino acids, and then it produces ATP. Think of ATP as the gasoline of your vehicle, the gasoline of your cells. When we're using glucose, so when somebody's not doing ketosis and they're actually a sugar burner, it's not going to get them very far. It's like this beat-up car here. But if we could use ketones and kind of go in and out of ketosis, which we're going to talk about, it's going to get you much farther, and it's much prettier too. But there's a problem. When we think about, well, first of all, this is why. When you look at the electron cha transport chain, Joel talked a little bit about it, just human biochemistry, glucose is going to give you 32 to 36 ATP. Of course, you need some copper, of course. <laughs> and then ketones will give you four times that, 120 to 130. 60 ATP. That's a lot more energy, wouldn't you say? And if you had a lot more energy, wouldn't you feel better? But there's a problem. There's a high cost to ATP. Ketones act as signaling molecules that help the mitochondria produce more of them. So when you think about how does, how does that even work? I'm going to go back here. How do ketones give you four times more energy? 
it's kind of it's because of this mitogenesis. It forces the mitochondria forces the cells to actually make more mitochondria. The mitochondria start duplicating themselves. But there is a problem with that because if you think about ATP, ATP actually creates reactive oxygen species, and it could be oxidative, and it takes a lot of energy. It's a high cost, like gas prices, right? <laughs> it's a high cost, especially this day and age. So when you think about it, when the mitochondria are only using glucose, you're not doing ketosis, it's hard to keep up with all those free radicals. It's like having one fireman for an entire building that's on fire. You're not going to keep up with it. It's going to age you much faster than if somebody had a whole fleet of firefighters. It's, there's no background there, but it says when your cells, your mitochondria are using ketones, they're much more protected. Who do you want protecting your cells? This fire department on call 24-7 or this one guy? It's obvious. So that's how ketones actually protect the mitochondria. And when you look at studies that show low ketones, lower reactive oxygen species and free radicals and extend life, these studies are, that's the reason why. So when somebody, tell, somebody says, and I'm, I'm rephrasing the way I say that ketones are a clean source of fuel, they are because of this process. They are because of the free radicals that are released that I'm going to share with you. That's what makes ketones clean. This study looked at the lifespan in mice, and, and it duplicated in uh, two different studies that showed, uh, on the yellow here, showed the ketogenic diet. On the right is the red ketogenic diet. Both studies showed that it extended lifespan in mice, which was interesting. They duplicated and found the same thing. Beta-hydroxybutyrate also helped with oxidative stress. But that's why. It's the ketones that are signaling to the, to the mitochondria. The analogy that I like to give is from Dr. Stephen Gundry, who I just spoke with on my uh, KetoCamp podcast. It's similar to a pressure cooker. When a pressure cooker has too much steam, it has this release, this release valve to release that steam and control that environment. Your mitochondria have these pressure release valves that could clear out free radicals. So although your mitochondria and your cells are producing more ATP with ketones versus glucose, it has this ability to get rid of those free radicals. That's why I love ketosis. Ketosis is fantastic. So who do you want protecting your cells, McLovin or the Secret Service? I mean, it's clear. We don't want McLovin. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be men in black, too. <laughs> I prefer them over McLovin either way. Uh, burning ketones is our birthright. Babies that are breastfed are actually in a, in a state of ketosis. Those are three PubMed studies that verify that. If you think about why, well, the brain is mostly fat. Ketones are great for the brain. And breast milk has saturated fat and cholesterol, which actually helps the development of that baby's brain. It's our primal birthright to burn fat. But we have a keto deficiency. I love this quote. Throughout much of human, human evolution, ketosis likely served as a valuable survival mechanism to fuel brain metabolism during times of food scarcity. Hence, the most important sentence here, hence, in some ways, the modern diet could be considered keto deficiency. That's the problem. We have a keto deficiency. And keto is great, but we don't, at least I don't recommend staying in ketosis forever, right? Short-term keto, Tara. <laughs> we want to flex in and out of ketosis. And that's the premise behind my book, um, Keto Flex, when I have four copies to give away soon. And Dr. Pompa is going to talk a little bit more about feast, famine, cycling, diet variation, same principle. So I'm not going to go too deep into that, but rest assured, the next presenter, Dr. Pompa, is going to get into that. 
But fasting and keto go hand in hand, and there's nothing new about fasting. I'm going to touch a little bit about fasting, and then you're going to get Dr. Mindy Powell's really deep dive into how fasting works and how to break a fast and do it the right way. But the second tip here to harness the innate intelligence is fasting and fasting variations and doing it the right way. There's nothing new about fasting. Ancient Romans accidentally discovered the benefits of fasting and ketosis when they had citizens in their community who were having epileptic seizures back then. They didn't know what that was. They thought these individuals were actually being possessed by the devil, by demons, right? So they would lock them into a room, no food, no water, come back in five, ten hours, and they would be cured. What did they do? They forced them into a state of ketosis through fasting. Now, we don't want to lock people in a room. We want to inspire them to, it's okay to skip breakfast. It's okay to skip a meal. It's okay to go 24 hours and do it the right way. Pythagoras, from the Pythagorean theorem, required his students to fast for 40 days before they would enter his course because they knew, he knew, they would be in a peak mental state. BDNF, I'm going to talk about that soon, yeah. We know autophagy is one of the processes that occur. The analogy I always give, which is better than the scientific explanation, is the human body is like this refrigerator. Your cells are like this refrigerator. You have groceries that have an expiration date on them. The barbecue sauce, the half and half, the orange juice, clearly this is not my fridge. <laughs> and there's expiration dates on these groceries. Now, what would happen if you let all the groceries inside of your refrigerator expire, but you don't throw them out? Nasty environment. Disease, mold, bacteria. Autophagy is that process that starts to throw out expired groceries. Your innate intelligence is so smart. It thinks there's no food energy. We might, we're, we're going through a famine. Let's look for expired cells, proteins, and fats. Let's start regenerating them, cleaning them up, or let's go through apoptosis and get rid of them. That's what fasting does. Great way. That's why Dr. Thomas Seafried said if you completed a seven-day water-only fast once a year, you would reduce your risk of cancer by 95% because of this maximum autophagy process. And fasting is profound for the gut. Hippocrates had it right a very long time ago. All disease begins in the gut. Great study that came out from Harvard, 2020, showed all disease begins in the leaky gut. Now, let's talk about how fasting is one of the best ways to reset the gut. And Mindy's going to talk more about that, resets Mindy's word. And it's, it's such a great way because if you think about eating food, it takes massive amounts of energy and resources and blood flow to digest a meal. It takes about 14 to 18 hours to process a standard American diet meal. And if you're not fasting for at least 14 to 18 hours, think of the backlog, think of the energy production, think of the strain on the digestive system. And that's why you see studies after studies that show what fasting can do for the gut microbiome. This study published in the uh, Scandinavian Journal of Immunology found that intermittent fasting, alternate day fasting for 12 weeks helped salmonella-infected mice clear the pathogenic bacteria more quickly than a heightened Im immune response. This study in cell metabolism showed that every other day fasting alters the gut microbiome, composition to promote an increase in the number of mitochondria in the fat of mice. And this one showed Islamic fasting also helped to uh, increase the beneficial gut bacteria. Fasting is great for the brain. Um, what's, my what's my time, by the way? Okay, cool. The last, the third tip is the most important one. So I'm going to fly through this. Mindy's going to talk more about this. Jay spoke about this. Brain fertilizer activates that. This is a study that shows that. 
Um, Counter-regulatory hormones. When you drop insulin, these hormones go up. It's your body's way of literally pumping it full of energy. Blood flows increase. Energy diversion. Dr. Palma talks about that. Now, let's talk about the most important biohack ever. This is, that's why I wanted to fly through that, because Mindy and Dr. Papa will cover those topics. But the most important biohack that you're ever going to hear and apply, be, do, have. Human beings, not human doings. Right? We are human beings. But let's talk a little bit more about that. The mind. A lot of people think the mind is the brain, but the mind is not the brain as much as the fingernails are, it's the same thing. The fingernails are as much as the mind as the brain is the mind. The mind is a system, it's not a thing. But when you think about the subconscious mind, that's what's running the show. If you think about people who are doing everything right, their macros are great, their fasting schedule is great, it could be some of us, we're taking the best supplements in the world, but we don't feel like we're optimally healthy, there's something holding us back. It's a subconscious self-limiting thing that's happening. But the great news is that we could control this. The conscious mind, you could think and critically think. The subconscious mind accepts everything as truth. Everything that goes into your subconscious mind, from the news, the media, your Uber driver conversations, everything, determines what happens in your body, which produces your results in life, whether it's health or anything. That's why Les Brown said, you don't get what you want in life, you get what you are. Neville Goddard said, we are only limited by weakness of attention or poverty and poverty of imagination. Let me ask you this. How many of you, raise your hand if you talk to yourself during the day? Okay. For those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're thinking, do I talk to myself? I'm not sure if I talk to myself. <laughs> we do. The average person has, let me ask you this question. How many, how many thoughts does the average person, I'm going to give a book away to the closest 30,000, what else? 10,000, what else? Martha Carlin, come get your book. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> she said, she said 60,000. Evan, I have one for you, I didn't forget. We have uh, 12 to 60,000, but upwards of 60,000 thoughts per day. 60,000 thoughts per day. Are we actually thinking about those thoughts? Are, they, are, we, are we critically thinking? Or is it just going right into our subconscious mind? Are we going through the motions? I think it's the latter. George Bernard Shaw said, 2% of the population think, 3% of the population think they think, and 95% of the population would rather die than think. How true is that? I'm going to give you a perfect example of how we're not creating original thoughts. I want everybody to participate with me this, okay? We're going we're gonna to say the word silk, S-I-L-K, five times in a row. We're going to say it out loud. So I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say one, two, three, and we're going to say silk, silk, silk five times. Say it with me out loud. One, two, three. Silk, 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 silk. What do cows drink? They drink water. Were you thinking? That's weakness of attention. But that's just a silly example of what's happening with social media, with the mainstream news, with teachers in our environment. So that's weakness of attention right there. Mainstream news, which is fear porn, social media, friends, family, coworkers, billboards, TV commercials, we are bombarded with distractions that are forcing us not to critically think. This is a perfect example. I remember during 
the, when the vaccine got rolled out, and this is not a pro or against vaccine thing, but when the vaccines got rolled out, I went on Dr. Google, this was the image on Dr. Google that day. Subtle message to go get vaccinated. Look at the little band-aids on their arms and the face masks. If you're not critically thinking, this goes right into your subconscious mind. Subtle things. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, you have to build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Wayne Dyer said, if you, look at, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. If you want to really heal your body, it's important to stop following the crowd. Start following your purpose. When you follow the sheep, you end up stepping in shit. That's the truth. In the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until we are ultimately become enslaved to it. I was talking to Jay and my beautiful fiance Natasha about, and I'm trying to say this in a non-judgment way, but when you look at what's happening in Vegas, right? 6 a.m., 8 a.m., 12 a.m., 4 a.m., people are gambling, they're spending their extra money, they're, in, they're strangely loyal to daily trivia. When you're not living on purpose with your purpose, that's what happens. I've been there. I've been obese, depressed, suicidal, and I've been there. But when you have a purpose and you have a why, reasons come before results. When do you think, let me ask you this question, what do you think is the primary cause of why people have their first heart attack or stroke? What do you think it is? Stress, yep. So we would say most everybody outside of the room, obesity, smoking, bad fats, cholesterol, and all that will contribute to it. But there was a book that came out, 1989, studying that book from Dr. Larry Dossey, showed we can predict when people have their first heart attack in America. More heart attacks take place in the United States on Monday between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. That's when the majority of people have their first heart attack, 85% of them from going to jobs they hate. They're not living on purpose with their purpose. Stress, you all nailed it right there. So part of healing your body and biohacking is finding your purpose and living on purpose with your purpose, your highest values. The, Greek, the Greeks call it your telos. Most people tiptoe their, tip their way through life hoping to land safely to death. Great book out there if you want to really get inspired to not have any regrets is Bonnie Ware who surveyed patients in hospice care and she determined the number one regret of dying of the dying was not living on purpose with your purpose, but living a life of what others expected of you. Stress wipes out your immune system. They use it therapeutically. Kidney transplant patients that are about to go through that procedure, the surgeon injects the patient with stress hormones so the immune system could get wiped out and accept the foreign object. That's what stress is doing to our immune system. So we aren't killing ourselves excuse me, we aren't dying, we are killing ourselves. It's happening so slowly, it isn't categorized as a suicide. Your thoughts, 60,000 thoughts per day mean you have 60,000 opportunities to put your body in a healing state. Your thoughts create frequencies that have the ability to penetrate your cell membrane, go right into your DNA nucleus, and produce a protein. If it's a hateful thought, a stinking thinking thought, that protein is going to be inflammatory. And I got news for you. If your thinking is stinking, your dreams are shrinking. Health, financial, relationships. But here's the cool part. If it's a loving, abundant, grateful thought, it's an anti-inflammatory protein. It puts your body in a healing state. And you could do it in a second. No supplement needed. No crazy equipment. All that's great. But you could do this right now. So when you think about 
the strongest vitamin in the world that you could take right now, the greatest biohacking supplement is vitamin G. And this vitamin, Dr. Joe Dispenza has done brain scans and he's shown that when you're taking this vitamin, as soon as you take it, 1,200 different chemical reactions go on in your body that begin to repair and restore it in an instance. And you nailed it, it's vitamin G, it's gratitude. What you appreciate appreciates. Next video. This is very important. It's a little bit longer, but this is going to bring some tears to your eyes. Could you start it at this, the part that I put in the notes there? It's in the notes um, of the slide. Yeah, I forget what it was. Watch this video. This is an awesome video. It's underneath the notes. Okay, just play it. Just play it. It's fine. Shut up. <laughs> what? Wait. <laughs> Wait. Oh, he's going to be so embarrassed. What makes you happy? Having fun? Hanging out with friends? Delicious food? Making money? Well, consider this. Psychologists have scientifically proven that one of the greatest contributing factors to overall happiness in your life is how much gratitude you show. Yeah? Think about that. Go ahead and marinate on it for a second. You can thank me later if you want. It'll make you feel better according to this study. You go ahead and click on it and read it if you want. Or you can keep watching because we read it and we thought it might be fun to test out for ourselves. We gathered a selection of volunteers to act as our subjects. First, we gave them a test. They didn't know what we were looking for, but it gave us a pretty good idea of their current level of happiness. We asked them to close their eyes and think of somebody who was really influential in their life, somebody who did something really amazing or important for them. We had them write down as much as they could about why this person was so important. Now, a lot of them thought at this point the experiment was over, until we really put them on the spot and tried to get them to call that person and read what they wrote about them. Thank you, Jessica. We're gonna have to have you call your mother. So who is that right person for you? Person is my sister, Erica. We're gonna give Erica a call. <laughs> okay. Who'd you end up picking? Friend of mine, uh, Craig Ains. Her name is Dora. My college accounting instructor. Really? Mm -hmm. Is this somebody you're still in touch with today? No, I'm assuming that he's passed on. That's, that's a <laughs> shame. To the great beyond. You up for it? Um, uh, yes. What would you say if we called up Dora? Oh, we can try, but she lives in Britain. In Britain? Oh, no, never by heart, dude. This is awful. That's fine. I don't know my mom's number by heart. If it's true that uh, those who are going on are looking down on us, maybe he read my shit and scratch. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah. You got a second? Where you at, in a hotel? I am. I'm in the hotel. Uh huh. You scared me when you asked if I had no. a second or something's wrong. No, I'm on this. I'm on like this little TV show, and they told me to talk about the person that influenced me the most, and I picked you, and then and they're making uh -huh. me call. They're making me call you. Oh, wonderful! Hi, <laughs> Rich Craig. I'm not here right now. At the tone, please record your message. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hello? Hi. Hi. Erica, it's me. All right, so I gotta read you this paragraph. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead, All right. sweetheart. All right, the person that influenced me the most 
would be my mother, Marlo Dawson. She is a single mother of two. She is a very hard worker and dedicated to her family. Hey Craig, this is Loie. Um, this is gonna be a funny little voicemail, so I hope you enjoy it. I'm so sorry for calling you at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I have to read this to you, okay? And you can't say anything or, I don't know. You can respond, but I probably will just keep going. <laughs> okay? Is everything okay? Yes, but I have to read this out loud to you. The person who has had the biggest impact on my life outside of Jesus Christ, who was responsible for my existence, was my college accounting instructor. He had a joy and enthusiasm for his job like no other teacher I have ever known. I love her to death, and she keeps me going with positive talk. She is a woman that knows what she wants and won't give up until it is achieved. Oh, something. I first met Craig on an independent feature film set in Whitefish, Montana. I recently have been sending Craig a lot of positive thoughts as he suffered a series of health problems. Despite his medical problems, he's continued to work and take pleasure in the small things in life, like sitting quietly with, with his wife Janine on the porch. Erica is my older sister and my best friend. <laughs> Sometimes it even feels like we are twins. She's my number one fan and my number one supporter. She makes me happy because despite all my mistakes and my decisions, she still loves me no matter what. Your friendship is everything. And you are, you are one of the most important person in my life. She has a kid and many children. I will love her more than her kids. Okay, maybe not. I will never forget when she flew 3,000 miles to the drop of a phone call to save me from a breakup. I'm being blessed by having a son like you. I love you. Bye. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> I don't know because they made me do it. <laughs> Thank you for picking up. Bye, sweetie. And then they're like, here, you're going to write this letter. And then I wrote like this whole long ass letter, which, you know, I like don't write. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, guess what? Now we're going to call her and you're going to read her this letter. And I was like, what the f? <laughs> Before we let them go, we gave our subjects one more happiness test. Now we mixed up and rephrased the questions so they didn't know they were taking the same test twice. For those who took the time to actually write something down but couldn't make the phone call for whatever reason, we saw happiness increase between two and four percent. Good, but not exactly mind-blowing. Now for those who actually picked up the phone and personally expressed their gratitude, we saw increases between four and 19%. So either way, expressing your gratitude will make you a happier person. But you wanna know something really interesting? The person who experienced the biggest jump in happiness was the least happy person who walked in the door. What does that mean? That means if you're having a particularly tough time, trying this out will more likely have a greater impact on you. Trust me, I'm in a lab coat. In fact, while you're at it, film it and upload it to us. Okay, isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah, give them a round. That's a great, great video. How many of you are inspired to text somebody or call somebody that you love and show appreciation to them? Yeah. Who's actually going to do it? You just did it? You, get, you deserve a book. That is awesome. Good job. Yeah, good job. 
You know, and there's some new research. This video was done, I think, six years ago. There's some new research. Uh, Huberman Lab shows that, yes, the person who's expressing gratitude benefits, but it's actually the person who's receiving it who benefits it the most. And how many times have we thought about saying something nice to somebody, but that's all it was, a thought. And we didn't actually express it. When you express it, not only are you going to benefit, but that person will benefit even more. So gratitude is such a healing tool we have available. What you appreciate, appreciates. Universal law. Jay was talking about universal laws. Whether you believe in universal laws or not, you may not believe in gravity, but if I drop this, you'll see it fall. It's a universal law. Same thing here. What you feed energy to expands. What you appreciate, appreciates. But if you're thinking about what's not working for you, well, there's actually a part of your brain called the reticular activation system that will give you more things that are not going to work for you, or are you going to see more things that are not working for you versus those things that are working for you. Bob Proctor, who's somebody who, um, this is the first time I've spoken on stage since he passed away a month ago. He, when I was depressed and suicidal, not only did his work, his work change my life, but this man saved my life. He said, thoughts become things. If you could see it in your mind, you could hold it in your hands. Everybody go watch Bob Proctor's videos, read his books. The man's work is going to live on forever. I'm going to leave you with this, and then I'm done. William Arthur Ward said, to laugh is to risk appearing a fool. To weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out to another is to risk involvement. To expose feelings is to risk exposing your true self. To place your ideas and dreams before a crowd is to risk their loss. To love is to risk not being loved in return. To hope is to risk despair. To try is to risk failure. The person who risks, oh, excuse me, but the risk must be taken because the greatest hazard in life is to risk nothing. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, is nothing. He may avoid suffering and sorrow, but he cannot learn feel, change, grow, or live. Chained by his servitude, he is a slave who has forfeited all freedom. Only a person who risks is free. Amen? So here's the formula as I wrap this up and we get the amazing Dr. Pompa and Mindy. Once you embark on goals, it's going to suck. This is a lot of information, and it could be challenging to apply it and figure it all out, and you start maybe exercising, and you feel sore. I mean, when you embark on a goal, let's face it, it sucks. But the formula is this. Suck, 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 cess, okay? <laughs> Embrace it. Keep pushing forward. Never quit. We support you here, and I want to say thank you so much for your time and energy, energy today. I'm grateful for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that recording the lecture. If you did, please share this with a friend. Please leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review. I would love to meet you in person. Check out all the links and details on the future events I'll be speaking at this year. If you want to grab my book, Keto Flex, which is now available on Audible, if you're an Audible customer, you could just add it to your cart or use a credit. If you're new to Audible, you could actually get it for free. I'll drop links for both of that down below. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you. Go get your vitamin G. I'm grateful for you. Have a great day and I'll see you on the next episode.
This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.